Hi, I'm Amber Cook. Welcome to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. Join me every week for open, honest, and real conversations about courage, transformation, and resilience to inspire and empower you to live your best life. This podcast is sponsored by HealingWays.com, helping you on your wellness journey. Visit HealingWays, that's Healing, W-A-Z-E dot com to find verified wellness professionals and holistic health resources. My guest Star Shepherd Deckard says, I love showing people what is possible when they stop trying to be someone else and align everything they do with who they really are. Star is a mom, wife, professional vocalist, lifelong rebel leader, activist, When she's not creating new ways of helping others navigate life and business, she loves reading self-help books, playing Nintendo, and playing board games. I've known Star for a few years now, and I now consider her my friend. We have a lot in common, yet she is definitely an extrovert when I am definitely an introvert. She is a firecracker who shines bright, just like her name, and she exudes love for well, everything and everyone. You can't help but not enjoy being in her presence. And one of the things I love most about her is how open and honest she is about her past. A multitude of traumatic experiences, abuse, toxic relationships, dysfunctional family dynamics, narcissism, and cycles of rejection and abandonment. In this conversation, we touch on parts of her story and she shares how she moved through those adversities and healed her own wounds. And through lots of trial and error, Star learned to stop the push, force, shove, shame method of motivation and productivity and find what she calls her flow, rippling out into all aspects of her life. She now uses her knowledge and personal experiences to help others find their flow too. Star offers up lots of great wisdom and advice in this episode, including her description of yes, and stick around after the conversation to learn more about Star's work. Enjoy. Star, thanks for being here with me today. This is super fun. We've already warmed up. I don't even know why I'm going to ask you these next few questions. They're normally like my warm-up questions, but... <laughs> I'll take you. them. Oh, and thank you. It's such a joy. I just appreciate you so much and such a joy to get to, to be here in this style of conversation with you. I look forward to seeing what the hell we say. <laughs> right? <laughs> gonna be fun okay so um there are a few things i don't know about you and one is obviously you have a really cool first name i do how did you get this name Ooh, great question so my dad a rock star guy musician you know was in a a band in the 60s where called stack where like the doors opened up for him before the doors were huge Uh uh-huh And so he worked with um, a musician named Tammy Star Perotti. And now her and I are actually friends on Facebook and she just goes by Star. Uh, But she's who I was named after. My mom actually wanted to name me Echo, uh, which my dad thought was even for his hippie self a little too out there. (laughs) And so Star with two R's was the next choice. And then I actually don't have a middle name. Because my mom thought that if I didn't like Star as my first name, that I could make up whatever middle name I wanted and then use that as my first name. Oh, okay. Well, that was going to be my next question. Do you have an equally cool middle name? But it you are right. Star. Just, just Star. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you're just lump you in with like Cher, Madonna. Exactly. Cher, Madonna. When I do singing, I do like to be introduced just a star. People mm-hmm. always throw in the Shepherd Decker because it's also fun to say, but I, I do is. as a vocalist to just be star. <laughs> yeah, your last name is fun to say. That's funny. But yeah, it kind of all goes, to, it just rolls off the tongue. That's awesome. Really cool story. I didn't know your parents were, or your dad was a rocker. Yeah, yeah. He's, That's in right. fact, um, I'm a part of a Facebook group for his old band, and he just posted today that there's some big article coming out interviewing him and a bunch of people who were in that band because he was actually in several bands in Orange County during that time. Uh, He was actually in a band called Dr. Octopus and Steven Seagal was the drummer and I've seen (laughs) pictures and it's 
great. Just saying. Very cool. Okay. So when you were a kid growing up in this, this very probably interesting childhood of yours, (laughs) we're not going to go too much into that, but I can imagine (laughs) what was one of your biggest dreams. And I'm just talking like just general, when you were a kid and you're dreaming about like being a grown up. Oh yeah. Well, I know that when I was really little, there was a lot of projected ideas upon me. Like you're really bossy. You should be a lawyer. Um, (laughs) You have a lot of opinions, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and I, I remember when I was very young, it was like the three, I, I think I was maybe like four years old when I decided this, cause I could already read at three and a half. So I had a lot of opinions very young mm-hmm. and it was like a choice between a lawyer, a rock star and a brain surgeon. Um, wow. but I, you know, always wanted to be a vocalist. That was always the big dream. And like, even when I was really little, I had a little Fisher price Brown recorder that I would record myself singing into like Disney stuff. And I just always wanted to be a vocalist. And then my mom got me a little on her dance dream. And so I kind of saw myself as like a Paula Abdul, like singing and dancing and maybe choreographing and, and stuff like that. Pretty born for the stage. I mean, I've been uh-huh. on stage since I was four. Wow. Okay. So what were you doing on stage at four? Just dancing? Ballet. Okay. Yep. Ballet and then started jazz at seven and took tap. And then um, in high school was in color guard. Yeah. So I've always, always been on the stage in some way or another, except for when my first two kids were really young and I was dealing with a really traumatic uh, first marriage. (laughs) We can talk about that later. Yeah. Well, yeah. So... (laughs) So that brings me into like the deeper part of our conversation. So in your own words, you said, my past is full of incredible stories of me navigating and healing trauma, abuse, toxic relationships, dysfunctional family dynamics, and there's more, and cycles of rejection and abandonment. So, wow. Okay, we're not going to focus a ton of our conversation on all that because- That could take a lot of time. That would take a lot of time. We have have kind of another focus, but I do want to know, just from those words that you used, Mm -hmm. how did you go from like that kind of upbringing, that kind of past- all those events happening to you and you working through them. How are you the star that I know now today? Oh my gosh, what a question. Um, It's funny, my my best friend, you know, reflects some really awesome things back to me when I forget about myself. And she's like, you know, yeah, I know you've been through some hard stuff, but you always knew who you were. Yeah. So I think, you know, despite all the stuff that I've been through, like I've always known who I am. Like even... I, I heard stories about uh, my mom when I was like two years old, you know, would be like, Oh my God, what am I going to do with you? And I would tell her, just love me. Oh, I'm like two years old. I would tell her my mom had a parent. Oh my you know? gosh. So, yeah. So, you know, I didn't live with my dad and didn't really see him a lot. Um, my, my parents separated when I was like 18 months old. So I don't really have any history of that single mom. Yeah. And then when I was 12, she sent me to go live with her abusive mom who I lived with until I was 19, until I got pregnant and then moved to Oregon with uh, a narcissistic, abusive, dysfunctional man who looked so much like my family. It felt just like love. Mm. Um, two kids with him and then went through a really traumatic divorce and, and custody battle in which, um, you know, we'll go into all the details, but I did not get custody of those children. Mm-hmm. And so that was really the, I mean, I already was really into inner work. Like I think I read my first self-help book when I was like 15, <laughs> you know? So like, I've always really been into that. Um, I remember I did these really weird calls with my friends that I look back now. I was like, I was kind of taking them on like a hypnosis guided meditation like my friends were like 15 uh just on the phone and people would hear about this and want to get on the phone with me and have you know this was before the internet where we uh-huh. were all the time yeah uh, so so I've always kind of had this as part of me but then um it was actually my dad right before my marriage ended who I went to visit him in Southern California and he was attending one of the centers for spiritual living oh and okay I had always been very resistant to Christianity and like not doing that um but always just kind of natural really spiritual. And so I went to this service on Easter Sunday in 2002. And it was like they were talking directly to me. And so when just a couple, you know, a month or two later, my husband left and took the kids and filed for emergency custody and had all this paperwork that were saying things that weren't true about me. 
it was heartbreaking and horrendous. And so I turned, I looked for that kind of center here locally. And that's Mm. where I got really involved in the Portland Center for Spiritual Living. And that's where I participated in leadership there for 13 years and took all their classes on metaphysical spirituality and eventually trained to become a licensed practitioner and got my license in 2009 at the age of 30. And so, you know, and, and constantly here I am in this spiritual community with a lot of older people who were like, man, I wish I had learned stuff when I was 25. Like I didn't even start learning the stuff till I was 60, you know? And so it was great encouragement to be like, wow, if I can learn these things, you know, because I was raised by, I don't like to use this term because you might think I mean something else, but like broken people, mm-hmm. you know, people, their yeah. sense of self was really broken yeah. and they didn't have any intention of doing anything about that. Um, I got to watch their suffering and their pain and how they treated yes. people because of that pain. And it was really clear to me, I didn't want that. And it was also really clear to me that I didn't want this horrible experience of not getting to raise my children the way I wanted or or really having a lot of say in how they were raised to define my life. Mm -hmm. And there was actually this one moment about a year into taking these classes and stuff where I had this really clear vision. And I saw, and this is when you back when you can still smoke in bars. So this is part of the vision. Okay. Um, (laughs) So I saw myself like in the future and I was 50 years old And I looked awful and I was like sitting at the bar at 10 a.m. already trashed. And I was like smoking my cigarette, talking to the bartender who was just being polite. And I'm just like, I lost my kids at 23. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) I just had this like, oh my God, that's going to like, even just retelling that story, I'm getting chills. Because there was that moment where I'm like, if I don't do this healing on myself, that's going to be my life. This is going to define my life. And I'm going to be one of those people who raised me, who makes one event from their past define their entire life and they never yeah. they're there to do. And yeah. so that's what I always come back to is that vision and this desire to not only heal myself, but to help other people see that healing is possible for them. Yes. Yes. Because unfortunately so many people don't believe that it is possible for them or that they're worth it that or they're, they're making the effort. Yeah. And they don't have, role models to help show them that. I mean, luckily you got involved in a really good supportive community, you know, pretty early on. Yeah. You were divorced by what age? Uh, I was 23. It was actually on my 23rd birthday that he took the kids. Wow. Wow. So just, you had to grow up fast. You like me, are probably one of those people that have always been told that you're an old soul, right? <laughs> I was going to say, you've heard the old soul. You've mm-hmm. heard the wise beyond your years. All the things. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, yeah. So you and I both became moms at 19. I don't know if I realized mm-hmm. that. I mean, I, yeah. No wonder why we connect. <laughs> we yeah. As you're telling your story, I'm like, huh, yeah. Lots of crossover there. So you have gone through all this self-healing and growth and then you're like you're now deciding you want to start helping other people so when did you start what is now radical revelations yeah so i um you know i got what we call the call to become a practitioner you know after several years of the community and then you know it was a multi-year process so it was a multi-year training you had to have certain classes in order to even qualify for the practitioner training. And then that training was two years. So, you know, it was, it was a while between me saying, I'm going to be this spiritual practitioner and me actually becoming the spiritual practitioner. So that was the first thing. And so um, in 2009 is when I got licensed and, you know, through the centers, we, there's many things that we do to teach and to hold space and to give sessions. And so all these things that I was really um, honing my skill. Mm -hmm. through the center. And then it was probably about, I believe it was 2012. So about three years in where I was like, you know, I had already started like writing my own personal blog, mestar.com, which like I haven't updated in years. So it's still around. It's still around. It's got like really old writings, but it's (laughs) in a very old game. All right. It's still there. And occasionally I pull stuff up from there and be like, oh yeah, I wrote that thing. But it was like this combination of, well, I'm starting, you know, I've been online. I mean, I've been leading online things since 2001, 2002, um, when I read the work of Daniel Quinn, and it really inspired me to create groups. So I was already hosting online groups and hosting online conversations. And I also homeschooled my youngest, my third from my now marriage. And it was just kind of this culmination of 
well, I want to be able to serve more people. I want to be able to serve people who maybe aren't going to come to a place called the Centers for Spiritual Living, but still need those same principles in their lives. And I also, you know, because I always saw myself on really big stages, I saw this as a pathway towards that future, mm-hmm. you know, of I want to be an influencer. I want to be a thought leader. I want to be seen as someone who has unique and important views to, to help society. That's always been a dream of mine. And so it just kind of all these different things. And I, I want to be able to work from home and, you know, create income that allows me to travel and move and all that. And so it just kind of culminated into this <laughs> phone call where I called a friend of mine who was at the center. She was uh, the musical director at the time, and she also did real estate. And I remember calling her and saying, so, hey, I think I want to build a website. Um, Will you help me find out what I want to say on it? (laughs) And she's in real estate? She's like, yeah. Because I'm like, you know marketing and stuff. Like, what should I say? And I knew nothing about business or marketing. I knew how to serve my clients, and I was feeling really good about the service I was providing my clients. But our training didn't include any business training. And so that launched me on the, you know, I came over and she was so sweet. She had had musical interactions with a woman named uh, Veronica Noyes, who runs the DIY Marketing Center in Vancouver. And they had done music together way back in the day. So she had printed out this like nine page marketing questionnaire, you know, that asked questions like, who are your people? What problem do you want them to solve? And I was just like, no, 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 you don't understand. I just want to help all the people. Like, what do I put on my website to help all the people? (laughs) So so that launched me down years of study of marketing and business and, and, you know, ethical selling and, and signing up, you know, for a big academy that taught me all these things over a period of years and speaker Mm -hmm. training. And then of course, being the me that I am, once I got enough of this understanding, standing under my belt, it just naturally started seeping into my sessions and really changed the way I was showing up for my people and and who I wanted to show up for and who the the people I thought I could help the most were. Um, Because while I do think that I do think I can help everyone, (laughs) at least a little bit, (laughs) where my heart is, you know, is helping (laughs) these leaders like yourself who are also helping lots of people. It just, I saw it as a way to have a bigger impact. If I can help the leaders be even better leaders and even more fulfilled and make more profit, then, you know, that can ripple out in such a bigger way to the community. And so that's where I kind of went from, oh, I'm helping this group and oh, I'm helping that group to, oh, no, these are really my people. And then, as you know, because of my background and dysfunction and trauma, I started out by helping business owners dealing with personal crisis. Mm -hmm. And that was really my owning of that part of the work that I do because, you know, holding sacred space for people. I I just, I tend to be the the person that people call when they have something really challenging that they know if they call someone else, they're not going to get the space holding that they need. And I'm, I'm the person they think of. And so it's like, why not just do that? Yeah. Like for a living. I mean, you've been doing it since you were 15. Yeah. That's so interesting. You said that because I was like, I remember being kind of that for my friends too. Right? Yeah. And, and, and then just sit on the phone and listen. And I'm like, maybe I should be a counselor. I wanted to be a counselor. Probably, you know, I was like, I want to be a, I want to be a social worker specifically. Cause I, you know, I'm like, I'm good at listening to these people's problems and yeah. you are too. You are, you are excellent at it. And you do, you make people feel super comfortable and, and loved and special And I think, and I'm just totally pulling this out of just right now, I think it's because you feel like that about yourself. Like Mm. you fully feel loved and special. And then that that comes out to help other people feel that way. So Mm. thank you for um, saying that. Yeah, you're welcome. Because I worked really hard to get to that place where that is true because it wasn't true for a long time. Yeah. And I mean, for good reason. Right. (laughs) You know, so thankfully you got the support and you already, you know, you had the, you are an old soul and right. had that wisdom inside of you to, to help kind of push you along a question about radical revelations. I've always yeah. wanted to ask this. Why did you call it radical revelations? Yes. That's okay. a great question. You know, I was, it's funny in the creative process, right? There's part of it that is intuitive and there's part of it that is, searching for the answers. And there's part of it that as like a tech geek nerd was like, 
I was looking to see what URLs were available. You exactly. Know? So like there was a, <laughs> there was definitely like, I want to go in and be like, it was this enlightened. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, and there was definitely a part of that, yeah. but it was also me playing around with words and then looking to see what URLs were available, what mm-hmm. business names were available. And when I landed on radical revelations, it just like, it just like felt like it clinked into place. And what it really represents for me is, you know, I was told my whole life I wasn't enough and finding the, the beliefs of metaphysical spirituality while, you know, some of it goes a little too far into love and light only. And that's another part of my message that I talk about, that that can be really dangerous and Mm -hmm. not helpful and actually re-traumatize people. But I do think at the heart, if you look at the bigger picture, I mean, it, it changed my life and I can't throw the baby out with the bathwater and pretend that it didn't just because it also caused me some harm that I also had to take years to recover. (laughs) Uh, It's the both ends, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, I, you know, the belief that I live with is that we are all inherent beings of light and wisdom and beauty and power and love, and that we all have a unique something to contribute but because of our culture, you know, that's been covered up by layers of supposed tos and shoulds and other people's projections and societal, you know, beliefs about who we are and who we're supposed to be. And so I knew that I wasn't really clear about my niche yet. You know, mm-hmm. I was a serial niche switcher. I changed my niche like six times over six years or something ridiculous. Um, but I knew at the heart of everything I do, whether it's an event or a podcast interview or, you know, or private coaching or group training, that it's really about peeling back those layers Mm -hmm. of who we're not to reveal this inherent being of light and wisdom. That's the truth of who we are. And in a culture that tells us, you know, exactly who we're supposed to be, that can be a really radical notion that I'm not broken underneath that that's actually my sense of self that is broken but I can peel back those quote unquote broken layers and reveal this thing that's never been made less than that's never been harmed. That's, that's never devalued. That's always brilliant. And that's the truth of who we are. Mm. Yeah, that is pretty deep. Even with yeah. throw in the need, the needing of the URL. <laughs> yeah. exactly. uh, you also mentioned uh, both and, which mm. is something you say a lot. For people that may not really fully understand what that means, can you share what that means to you when you say that to people? Well, I I think a lot of pain and suffering in our world comes from either or thinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's either good or it's bad. It's either right or it's wrong. It's either useful or it's not useful. It's either appropriate or it's inappropriate. And I just call bullshit on that whole notion of, of life itself. Uh, Daniel Quinn, I mentioned earlier, my favorite mm-hmm. author, you know, he uses the example of the, the rabbit and the fox. Like if the fox is chasing the rabbit in the woods and it catches the rabbit, that's bad for the rabbit, but good for the fox. But if it chases the rabbit and it, you know, and the rabbit gets away, that's good for the rabbit, but bad for the fox. There's no inherent good and bad. It depends on the perspective. It depends on what you have in mind. And so I believe that a big part of our like shift for humanity and just our own inner peace comes from being able to hold space for seemingly paradoxically opposite things and allowing them both to be true. And especially, you know, I was, I was talking about the love and light only, you know, mm-hmm. that's where it starts to, to tip into danger zone is where you can only be happy. You can only, you know, you can only be healthy. You can only be rich. You can only be this or else you're doing life wrong. Only positive vibes. Yeah. Only po- positive vibes. Only. <laughs> um, because like, you know, the divine isn't just the flower. It's the soil that grew the flower and you can't have the flower without the soil. Mm-hmm. So it's full. And the shit that fertilized the soil. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. We can't have one without the other. And this idea yeah. that we can skip over the uncomfortable stuff to get to the quote unquote good stuff, I think sets us up for failure and just creates another paradigm of, of supremacy and superiority where the people who check certain boxes get to feel better than the people who don't. Yes. Okay. Perfect explanation. And yeah, I mean, so needed, especially in society now, for sure, because we are so polarized. If more people could just come back to that both and what a what a better place we'd all be in right now. Um, And as business owners, I think too, you know, it's both that we want to create these awesome things. And we don't have control over who signs up for them. 
Yeah. You know, it's both that we want to give our gifts to the world and we need to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like we have to take on a both and in our personal life and in our relationships and in our businesses and in our culture. So there's the and again. So I think it's just for me at the heart of it, it's around honoring all the parts of me. Yeah. Instead of acting like I have to dismember half of myself in order to be worthy or, or belong. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Or and I'm thinking like, yeah, in personal life, like parents, you can love your children and also think they're assholes sometimes. <laughs> and and want to shake them occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I do. Exactly. <laughs> The thoughts that go inside of our mother's heads do not make us wrong. (laughs) They are normal, you know, and in a relationship, you can love anyone and also they can drive you crazy. (laughs) Right, right. I can love that you did these five things and still be mad that this one thing didn't happen. Right. They don't have to negate each other out. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so so let's talk about your business and some things that changed. You shared something with me that that really actually surprised me. I didn't know this about you at all. You said that you almost gave up your practice, your business, your passion, your your now adult dream in 2017. What happened? Tell me all about this. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I had bringing it back to that spiritual community, you Mm -hmm. know, I I stayed there until about 2015. And so I had had been a practitioner for six years. My license was up for a renewal because we renew every two years. Mm -hmm. And there was this one day where I woke up in the morning, little star inside, like needed to say something. I turned it within a meditation and she was like, please don't make us go back there anymore. It's like, Oh honey. So I stepped away from the spiritual community in 2015 And then in 2016, I signed up for this business academy that like, I'm so grateful for are freaking amazing. They're led by incredible people. I learned so much. And because I brought my own dysfunction with me, because Mm -hmm. I brought, you know, my own like inner shoulds and supposed tos and perfectionism and wanting to be the best student in the room. And, you know, like there was a lot of pressure on me when I was young to be smart and get straight A's all the time Mm -hmm. because I was really smart. I took everything that I learned there and kind of turned it around and used it as a tool for self-abuse and and used it as a way to make myself really wrong and to set a bar so high that I would never make it. And I was stressing my, my system out. And so some chronic illness stuff I've been dealing with was flaring up more again. And I kept trying to put things out and it just wasn't working. And I actually went from like having a pretty good income to like making zero money in 2016. And 2017, making a little bit more, but really not that much. Mm -hmm. And just spinning your wheels feeling. And even though I was getting my luncheon going and that felt good, I wasn't kind to myself and I wasn't really holding a strong inner space. It was almost as though all of these things that I had learned in the spiritual community that I was applying to every other area of my life, when I showed up for my business, like, oh, those don't apply here. I have to be this. I have to be that. I have to be strong. I have to, I have to. Hustle myself to do the thing, you know, and it was really this kind of like toxic, pressury, forceful, top down, finger waggy, good all over myself way that I was running my business. Mm. And by the end of the year, I, I spent the last like six weeks of 2017 on the couch dealing with some really severe physical stuff that was coming up. And I gave myself permission for a couple of weeks. You don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. You don't have to do this anymore. It's hurting you too bad. You know, you can go, go back to just focusing on raising your kid and that's enough. Mm. Okay. And I'm sure that you were playing on each other, the physical symptoms with what was going on inside. Okay. So then you didn't obviously (laughs) give it up. Yeah. What changed? What happened in 2000? So that was the end of 2017. What happened in 2018 that stopped that from happening? It was like right up to the end of 2017. And I, I remember just kind of sitting with myself and being like, I support you, whatever you want to do. What do you want to do? And I got in touch, forgive my neighbor's dog barking in the background. <laughs> I got in touch with this like deep yearning, but like, oh, I still want to serve. I still want to do the thing I'm here to do. I still want that stage. I still want to write those books. I still want to help those people. I just can't keep hurting myself to do it. Mm -hmm. So I made a new promise to myself and I just said, you know what? 
I'm going to start applying all of those things that I apply in every other area of my life <laughs> that I, all the spiritual growth that I've had in every other relationship and health and all of these areas to my business. And I'm, I'm going to only show up and I'm going to trust this mm-hmm. and, and instead of letting my brain lead me, I'm going to trust my inner guidance. I'm going to trust my inner alignment. I'm going to trust, you know, my heart and my spirit. Mm-hmm. And I made a promise that if I, started feeling myself contract into that force, push, go, energy that I would just stop. And there were several days where I felt that creeping in Mm -hmm. and I would just walk away from the computer and be like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And I really had to take a stand and interrupt that pattern. And so Mm -hmm. I woke up the first Monday of 2018, like, let's give this a shot. Let's see if we can make this work. Let's see if we can do the the business building without self-harm. Yeah. And and you can. (laughs) You can. And I did. And it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And every month I made more money than the months before for like the first nine months of that year before it kind of plateaued out. And I was having fun and I was being invited to things and people were seeing me differently. And people at my events were like, I mean, I always love your talks, but like that one was really good. So it was just like, people were starting to be drawn towards me because they're like, you're something's different. What did Mm -hmm. you do? I want to know what that is. So that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think that people noticed and they obviously did? They really did. Yeah, they really did. It's interesting when things, when so much is going on inside of us and we think that people aren't noticing. (laughs) Yeah. For myself, I laugh at myself often about, Mm -hmm. you know, past things that have fallen into those categories of, I'm sure I came across like I had everything together. (laughs) And then I was like, yeah, no. (laughs) No. People see right through us more than we think they do. Yeah. I mean, we're like, we're powerful, strong, in control people, but you can't hide that stuff. You can't. And that's why you got to, that's why you got to work through it. Like you did. You did exactly what you now help other people do. And in fact, something you said is that you love showing people what is possible when they stop trying to be someone else and align everything they do with who they really are. So this is what you're doing now. So when you restarted in 2018, it's like, that's kind of your mission, I think. Yeah. Part of why I hurt myself so bad was I was making up that the way that I am isn't good enough. I have to think a different way or I have to be a different way or I have to be able to do my business in a different way in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really working with me. And it's like, no, wait, this is about how am I actually, when am I actually tired? When am I actually creative? You know, what does my actual cycles and moods look like? And, and how can I start aligning all the things that I do in my business with who I actually am? And really use it as a way to honor and celebrate who I am instead of, like I said, using it as a tool for self-abuse. It goes, oh, you're not good enough. If you think differently, you would have done this differently. Yeah. And it's been so powerful for me both to get to serve more people Mm -hmm. and to just like enjoy my day more, like enjoy running my business. Like what a gift. Yes. Yes. Because it's possible. Mm -hmm. You can enjoy running a business. It's not easy, but you can still enjoy it. Right. And it doesn't mean you're going to enjoy every minute, yeah. every moment of everything. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not fun when a website breaks. <laughs> right. Right. And I, I still, even though I build all my sites, I'm uh-huh. not a fan of landing pages. And I recently had to build a landing page and I, I hit some resistance and, you know, <laughs> but I had to work through it and not use that resistance as like validation that I'm not built for this or something. Yeah. You know, like, like to really have that inner game strong. And, you know, one of the things I like to talk about is this dance between strategy and surrender. And it's like, have the strategies, learn the skill sets, then you got to surrender the control and you got to surrender the attachment to outcome. And you got to kind of have to lean back and and let things be enjoyable instead of trying to like, I need to strategize this even more so I can get exactly what I think I want and then feel like a failure when I don't get exactly what I think I want. And, you know, that's just a cycle for self-sabotage and burnout and overwhelm and and giving up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that can apply to so many different aspects in your life, not just in your business or a career. I'm sure it's helped in every aspect, even your relationships. Absolutely. What are some things when you start because inevitably we all will occasionally fall back into patterns of, of what, you know, I was just talking to my therapist and I was like, you know, I I've had an anxiety attack in over a year and, but something kind of threw me back there. I have no idea, but, but I had tools to bring myself out of it. So what are some of the things that you do when you 
start to fall back into like maybe that negative self-talk or that I'm not good enough or, you know, all that mm-hmm. crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think even just, um, if I may point out some language here be a yeah. for a second, yes. I think even framing it as falling back implies that it's this linear process. And if you're quote unquote far enough along, then you shouldn't be doing those things. Oh, so first, so first of all, I, I try to take any sort of language out that may even imply that there's something wrong with me because my patterns are coming up. There's no magical fix for patterns to go away. We can change our relationship to them. We can minimize their impacts, but there are certain things that get locked in our brain yeah. that are going to come up. You know, So I would say that's the, the first so step. Not falling back. I like that. Yeah, yeah. because okay. so I, I like to see growth as a spiral. So you know, it, we're spiraling around and I'm going to cycle back around to my mom's stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to cycle back around to money stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm going to cycle back around to abandonment and rejection. They don't have to define me and they don't have to define my experience. And if I'm doing the inner work, I'm moving up on the spiral. And every time I cycle back around to that thing, I'm seeing it from a different vantage point. I've got more of me, you know, and I feel less identified with the thing. So I say first, just how we frame it, I think is really important. Because otherwise, we're constantly feeling like, I'm doing great. I suck. I'm doing great. I suck. And that's that either or, right? Yeah. And so, you know, like I was just giving someone coaching today, like if someone comes to me and says, I, I need you to help me get past my fear so I can X, Y, Z. And it's like, okay, yeah. So your fear is going to be with you no matter what you do. That's not a thing. You're a human. You're a human. <laughs> So maybe lower the expectation a little bit that says that you have to be over your fear in order to succeed because that's bullshit. Um, so, So number one is just not seeing it as a failure. And then number two is like you said, having lots of support and resources and tools. So like recently last month, I just launched something really new and exciting. And I talked about it in my April luncheon. That was the very Mm -hmm. first time I had talked about it. And the day before I had extreme anxiety come up and all this stuff, but I also get energy healing twice a month. And I was on my energy healing call. And after talking with him for a while, it was like, oh, right. I made up a story that this would be the time that I don't have stuff come up right before a big, exciting thing. That happens every time. Every time I'm about to launch a big, exciting thing, I have anxiety and fear and doubt come up. So instead of making myself wrong and and assuming that, you know, when I get to a certain level, I won't have to deal with that human stuff. Mm. It's just like kind of holding myself more lightly and and laughing at myself a little bit and being like, well, of course. And then just preparing for that. That's about like working with you, how you actually are. How I actually am is before I get ready to launch a big thing, I have some stuff that comes up. (laughs) And so now really keeping that in mind and looking at, I'm going to launch the the next higher levels of, of this membership model next month. And really keeping that in mind. So how can I up my self-care the day before I launch? Yeah. How can I make sure that my cup is really full the day before I launch? Because I know that stuff is going to come up. So just being self-aware, like if just holding that self-awareness, it sounds like, which, yeah, yeah, it makes total sense. You just really got to know yourself and you did a really good job of doing that. And I think that's great advice. Yeah. The spiral thing is huge, but not making ourselves wrong. I think that, I think that, you know, going back to the both and, I think that as a society, we are addicted to making ourselves and everyone else wrong all the time because we get a little hit of dopamine because yeah. when we say that something is wrong, we're also saying the part of us that notices it's wrong is superior and supreme and, and supremacy and superiority is a drug. It's an addiction. That's a lot of what I talk about in societal transformation. It's a yeah. way that we can keep things the way that they are because we get this little hit of dopamine by saying, I'm better than you. I know more than you do about this thing. Yes. That to ourselves, And so recognizing that when we're making ourselves wrong on one sense, we're abusing ourselves. And on another sense, we're uplifting the arrogant ego part of us that needs to think that we're better than everybody else. <laughs> so <laughs> talk about both ands. You know? right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's some powerful stuff. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with with my listeners. So this podcast came about um, because I just was noticing all the challenges and listening to people and, you know, the lack of connection. And so I always liked to ask my guests, how has this last 15 months now? (laughs) um, How has it been not just for your business? We'll talk about that in a second, but for you personally and your family. Yeah, it's been quite a roller coaster. You know, I am set up better than most people Mm -hmm. because we were already homeschooling. Yeah. Already working from home. 
Yeah. Already have a a kid in the house who she spends most of her time, you know, networking online. And so, um, so there was already some things in place where it was like, oof, like I am grateful that I'm not having to struggle in this, in these particular ways. Mm -hmm. But it also, you know, as an extrovert, Yes. As someone who needs attention Mm -hmm. and admiration and validation and all those things and human connection. um, I know it was, it's been a lot for my husband as the other adult in the house to, because he's a total introvert and he goes and drives around all day and works, you know, a normal, like in the world job. Mm -hmm. And then he comes home and, and I'm like hungry for, for something and he's like hungry for nothing. (laughs) 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 So I will admit that has been challenging to now Uh in a way that honors both of our needs, you know, and doesn't make either one of us wrong for what we need, but also, you know, so that has been a challenge to figure out how to get those needs met. Mm -hmm. I'll say, you know, there's definitely been, and then of course, add on top of the pandemic last year, we almost had to evacuate because of fires. Mm hmm. And then this year we were frozen into our house with no electricity or internet or, or heat for, for days. And so it's like, that's twice in a year that I've had like, am I going to die this week? Like, and I normally don't ask those questions and I'm not super afraid of death, but like being faced with this, like, huh. you know, <laughs> and, then, and then navigating everyone else's emotions around me. So yeah. you know, it's definitely been a, a roller coaster for sure. Mm-hmm. And then I would just say personally, you know, it's been, uh, a period of great healing. Um, last year, I invested in a program called um, Healing the Mother Wound. Oh. And it was a really deep, intensive um, healing that I needed because, you know, I have estrangement from my own mom and one of my three kids I'm estranged from and haven't seen since 2015. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and, and there's a lot of ancestral wounds that I've been looking at and, and uncovering. And so I really have upped my healing, you know, I went from one energy healing session a month to two and invested in some extra healing programs. And, you know, nice. and so it's, it's been an opportunity for me to go into those more challenging places, uh, but for a, a greater purpose of bringing even more of me to the table, whether it's in business or, or family or, you know, or whatever. Oh, I, another thing I talk about a lot is bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Like we think that it's about getting better and better and better and better and better. And I'm like, nope, it's about holding space for better things and worse things. Oh, so yeah. it's about how can you expand your bandwidth to be able to hold the really awesome stuff and the really hard stuff. And so I feel like this last year has been uh, an expanding of the bandwidth for me of being able to hold, like also last year was my best business year ever. Um, and so like holding all these great things that happened and also these really hard things and looking at some really old wounds and, and having the support to, to move through that. Yeah. Um, so so awesome. yeah, quite a journey. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. And kudos to you for continuing. I mean, like you said, this goes back to the spiral, right? It, it's never done. That journey, our journey through life is not done until this life is over. And the journey of healing is not done. It's just, it's it spiral. I like going back to your spiral reference. And so you use this year to just dig in a little deeper and change a lot of things for the better even. Just continue on your healing journey. And it's poured over into your business. I want to know, yeah, what has changed about your business? I know you just you just mentioned the, la- the launching of the higher mm-hmm. level programs. Mm-hmm. But I know at the beginning of this year, you came out with like an announcement that everything has changed. Yeah. yeah. You know, the pandemic hit and we all got the notice that the world was being shut down. Yes. That was like five days before my live one day event that I had spent six months planning. Mm -hmm. So that sucked. Yes. (laughs) That was watching from the sidelines. It sucked to watch that too. I just so hard. Oh yeah. my gosh, my heart was yeah. breaking for you. Thank you. So, so I, you know, and that was that was going to be not only my opportunity to create this like full day experience for business mm-hmm. owners that I was super excited about, but also to offer a year long coaching program that I was also really excited about that I had put a lot of work into creating. And so there was, you know, a good week at least where I just let myself grieve and be mad and you know, I was really like mad at the world for doing this to me, you know, <laughs> and, and all of these things. But that drive to like, you know, really behind all of it is 
I was really looking forward to being useful for a day and being utilized for a day. Because, you know, I have all this wisdom and all these gifts, but it doesn't help if, if no one's utilizing them. Yeah. And so yeah. there was this, that urge was still there. And so I tapped it. And this was like another like spirit download. And it was like, do a five-day challenge about pivoting. People are looking, tr- scrambling to try to get their practice online. Here are all these people. And you've been online since 2012. You, you know, you've already made all the mistakes so they don't have to. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yes. so I created the Pivot Your Practice five-day challenge. Like, I think I came up with it on a Thursday, posted it about on a Friday, and it was going to start on Monday. And by that, the end of that next week, I had 55 people in my challenge. That's so cool. And then offered a three months, um, your powerful pivot program had like 10 people sign up for that. And then which led into your powerful pivot part two, I feel like I was a little ahead of the pivot game because I was already so ready to give a thing and that energy of, of service needed somewhere to go. And so I just created this container. I was like, I still want to give, I still want to help. I'm going to create this container. And it was awesome. You know, so that was really the, the, what had shifted into success and that really helped last year to be my most successful year and then we all got so oversaturated with the word pivot it's like you can't relaunch that program you can't relaunch that challenge no one's talking about you can't talk about pivot anymore that's so six months ago you know (laughs) so so then yeah so then I kind of felt like uh, for lack of a better term like back to the drawing board you Mm -hmm. know like well shit I didn't get to do the flow and freedom event that I wanted to, and, and that's getting postponed. I'll do that someday in person when that's a thing. Um, I didn't get to launch this one year program and not everybody wants a one year program right now. And, and so I really started uh, at the place of, I knew I wanted a membership model, but spirit was not cooperating and I wanted all the information about it. And I kept like meditating and journaling and all this stuff. And the answers I got from spirit was like, Oh, that's so sweet. You want that. You don't get that information yet. So I did some shifts in my luncheon while also being like, what the hell? Uh, And then at the beginning, the end of February, beginning of March, all, all that I had been hoping for just like got downloaded in a big chunk. and was like, here's the name of the thing. Here's the three tier model. Here's where things are going to be scheduled on your calendar. Here's how it's going to tie in with your Rad Connections luncheon. And it was just like, yeah. So, so I've been kind of riding that wave of excitement and, and clarity um, the last couple months as I, as I put, put this thing out into the world. Yeah. And it seems like it's just all your years of experience and all your years of working on yourself coming together. It seems, it sounds really, really cool. So when I asked you about your biggest accomplishments in life, you had a lot to say, um, which I love. I love that you had so much to say. Again, that just I'm like, what did I say? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to mention it all, but I mean, you know, it had to do with, you know, parenting and your career and um, your, you know, homeschooling or slash unschooling, um, your relationship with your now husband that's much healthier than the the other (laughs) relation, the past relationship. But the answer I like the best was, and I'm quoting you again, my biggest accomplishment is me. Continuing to stay committed to my own growth and expansion and healing my way through some really hard behaviors and patterns that were keeping me stuck and searching, which you've talked about during this whole conversation. But on that note, before we wrap things up, do you have any words of wisdom to share with people who might be struggling to stay committed in their own growth and healing right now? Because we are still in the muck for a lot of people. Yeah. What do you have to say about that? (laughs) Yeah. I just say, you know, get the healing, get the support, take a training if you need to take a training, but don't lose connection to yourself and make your relationship with yourself and how you feel about yourself and how you feel about your life. The most important thing. Yes. And not in a selfish me, me, me sort of way, but in like an honoring of all your parts, you know? Yeah. An honoring of who of who you really are, because despite what the society has told you, you are inherently worthy. You don't have to do anything or add anything or take anything away to be worthy of having what your heart desires. There may be some effort involved. There may be some growth involved, but you're worthy of having it. And when you have that as your baseline, it doesn't matter what life throws at you. You know, this last year was hard for me, but my knowing I'm worth it. And knowing I have something to contribute to the world and to humanity um, is what got me through, you know, and what keeps me showing up. So I'd say the two kernels of the core foundational is like, know you're worth it 
and be clear on what your why is Mm -hmm. so that when things get hard, you can grab onto that as your anchor. And, you know, I discovered years ago that my big why for everything I do is I want to leave people feeling more connected, worthy, and free. Whether I meet someone at the grocery store, whether it's on a podcast interview, whether it's just a smile, you know, when that's a thing again. (laughs) You know, it's like I want to leave everyone who I come into contact with leaving feeling just a little bit or a lot more connected to themselves and each other and the world and nature or God, whatever that means Mm -hmm. for them more, you know, worthy of being exactly who they are and more free to create a life that feels good and supportive. Yeah. And I just want to follow up to that because you did um, mention the word selfish in there. And when people hear people like you and I talk about, like you just said, one of your biggest accomplishments is you. Mm -hmm. Someone might take that as selfish and that's fine because you know what? You said selfish. It is selfish. And you know what? In my opinion, I believe it is important for us to be selfish sometimes because when we're being selfish in quotes, which just sounds like such a negative word, but it's not, Mm -hmm. that selfishness does exactly what you just said. It ripples out to other people. It actually helps other people when we take care of ourselves first. Be yeah. selfish. Yeah. <laughs> or like I said earlier, you know, as an empath, I have to make sure I am full of myself. And yes. what I mean is like full of my own energy so that I can stay connected to myself even around other strong personalities. Yes. And so like, re, it's like yeah, let's let's reclaim the, the phrases selfish and full of yourself because those are actually really great things to be. I think so too. I'm going to start using that. I'm so full of myself. Yeah. <laughs> full of yourself. Well, Star, as always, I love talking to you. Thank you so much for being with me today. Mm, thank you. This is such a joy and I appreciate you so much. And I look forward to uh, seeing, you know, what people get out of this. I hope it was yeah. a, a valuable conversation. Oh, I think it's going to be very valuable. And I think on some future episodes, we'll talk more about those stories that you mentioned. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Star. Are you a coach, healer, or another type of visionary entrepreneur like me? Feeling confused or frustrated around what to focus on or how to set up your business in a way that feels good and is profitable? I know I have felt that way before. And Star actually helped me. And Star can help you too. She can help you get organized, prioritize, and find your flow so you can make progress, make money, and make a difference. Star is the founder of Radical Revelations, the Rad Connections online luncheon experience, and the new Flow and Grow Collective, which just launched this year. You can learn more at radicalrevelations.com or through following the link in the show notes. That's Radical Revelations. Dot com and star with two R's. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Our stories may be different, but we all have one thing in common. We're all trying to figure out how to navigate life on this planet, and none of us have it completely figured out. No matter what you're going through in your life, just know that you are never really alone. Come back every Wednesday for more inspiration and connection, and follow me on Instagram at the dragonflymama.com so we can stay in touch between episodes. Take care. 